right. Here we are. We wanted to start with a thought. Something to inspire our time together today. And this was what came through. In life, you're either a creator or a consumer. And who is it that you want to be? And which contributes more to the world you want to live in? That is ultimately what we're talking about here in the ABCs of creating is how do you become the embodied, empowered creator that you're really, truly here to be so that you can serve the world in the ways that your gifts are meant to serve. So our intentions today are, well, before we get to the intentions, this is session number two for the launching of our Creators Club. This is a beautiful new hub that has been a collaborative labor of love between Claudia, Neil, and myself. We've been incubating this space and this idea for about six months now and preparing for these events that ultimately are giving you a taste test of what the Creators Club is, what it's about, and what kind of work we're gonna be doing inside of the space. So for me, I've been doing this for years. I've been creating for a long time. I've been working with independent educators, coaches, and people who are creating a very wide variety of different offerings in the world. And what we were wanting to do is create a level up from all the things that we have been doing in the past to really increase the level of support and quality that we're able to provide creators like yourselves. And so we're now calling in new creators to join the mix, creators like all of you that have important work to do in the world, that are passionate about the topic that you're focused on. And within the Creators Club, we offer one-on-one coaching. We have a beautiful community space to gather, to brainstorm, to collaborate. We offer masterminds. We offer you creative and critical feedback on the work that you're doing. We have a community that ultimately is meant to serve each other. So it's not just coming to us. We're creating a space where kind of like the kombucha culture, when once you give it the right ingredients, the culture really just continues to grow and expand. Inside of the space, we offer courses and classes. We have a massive library that I've been building for years and that Neil and Claudia are now contributing to as well. We'll also be doing custom classes based on the needs and desires of the community. We'll be offering design and website templates, opportunities for you to practice teaching and to receive feedback on your teaching, and then also get shit done work parties. And next week, we're going to actually be doing a get shit done work party so you can get a taste of that. So for today, aside from really wanting to inspire the shit out of all of you, we're going to be diving into the philosophy of the ABCs of creating and how we can make magic on the internet, how we can make so much more magic on the internet than what we're all currently doing right now. We're also gonna be talking about the framework. So the structures that help us to get more shit done and have more fun while we're doing it. And then the technology. So tech is an important thing. And I know a lot of people shy away from the tech or they're tech phobic. I've been tech phobic in my past. I've had to learn the tech. And in learning the tech, I realized that these tools are 100% essential, that we can't do the work that we're here to do in the world, especially if we're building online businesses without technology. So we're going to be talking about some of the tools and technology that we use inside of our own businesses and creative projects. So the ABCs are creating. This is something, this has been my motto a mantra for the last 12 or more years. 
it means always be creating because if you're always creating, you're always learning. If you're always learning, your work is always going to be getting better. If your work's always getting better, then your reputation will always be improving too. And if your reputation is always improving, then you'll always be increasing the amount of money you can earn as a professional. It's just a simple strategy for long-term success. This is not about making six figures in six weeks. This is about a legacy of who it is that you're here to be, what you're here to create in the world, and what you're going to be doing in the form of your work over a long period of time. Claudia, Neil, and myself all have long careers, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. And ultimately, that's what we're looking for in all of you is that it's not just a quick fix. You know, building your online business is like a university degree. It takes time. It takes energy. There's so many different tools. There's steps that you have to learn. And ultimately, with the framework, the tools, and the philosophy behind you, you can do more. You can get better results. You can find a business model to suit your lifestyle and your financial needs. And then you can grow from that foundation. And that's what we're here to do today is to help you embody the philosophies of always be creating. Because ultimately, it's a practice, you know, focus on the process and the results will come. And in my early 20s, when I first started out, this was something that I was just, I needed to have more results now. And I was impatient and that impatience caused more stress than necessary. And so if you just keep moving the ball forward, good things will come. If you keep improving the quality of what you do, if what you do today is better than what you did last time, if your presentation next week is better than the presentation you did last month, then you're going to be moving in the direction you're trying to go in your life, in your business, with your career. So this is the team behind the Creators Club, myself, Claudia, and Neil. Each of us is an independent creator. I met Claudia and Neil through our Magic Media membership, and I really enjoyed watching what the two of them were making in the world. And that's why I approached Claudia and Neil to be a part of this collaborative effort to build a creators club together, because the two of them have so many gifts. I mean, Claudia is a brand and messaging and a designer and not just that, but just a visionary creator who can help take people's ideas, intentions, words, and visions and make them the expression of that person on the internet. It's a hard thing to do. And then Neil has built the best online school I've ever seen. It's a guitar school called the Pentatonic Way. I highly encourage you all check it out. And if any of you have people trying to learn the guitar and improve, you should send them to pentatonicway.com. Neil, you should put that link in because it's incredible what you've built. And so Neil is a part of this as, as a media creator and somebody who builds amazing custom platforms. He has a lot of experience to share. So for me, my career is 17 years as a creator. I dropped out of college. I started a t-shirt company. And then in 2007, my first video ever on YouTube went viral. That led to speaking tours across North America. I then taught more than 500 meditation workshops over the course of three years and did retreats around the world. And since then, I've launched hundreds of entertaining educational videos, audios, and courses my meditation library that I produced over the course of a couple of years has supported over a million meditators. It's provided passive income for eight years consistently without having to do any work. That's like the dream of every entrepreneur. And then over the last three years, we built over a dozen communities at Magic Media. 
And we just launched our newest brand called Magic Kids. You should check it out, all you parents and grandparents, magickids.com. And in nine months, I've written and published uh, 10 books. We'll have 30 books this year and audio stories. The audio stories are like movies for the ears with voice actors and um, and musicians to score the music and sound effects. And for me, it's just like, none of this was planned. It's just been a step-by-step process. I create the next logical asset based on the vision and the inspiration I have in my life, based on my interests, based on uh, the business model, and obviously based on my needs. I need to create because I'm stubborn and I don't want to go get a job. And so I've had to figure out a way to monetize all the things that I've listed here and to, to allow myself to live a lifestyle that I really enjoy, which includes playing golf six days a week and, and competing professionally on weekends. And so for all of you out there, you know, it's about building a business around your dream lifestyle, not building a business and then eventually living your dream lifestyle. We have to be doing it now because when we do it now, we become more magnetic. And so I'm just going to pass the baton to Claudia and Claudia is just going to tell you a brief history of who she is so that you can understand the backstory behind this and how we've lived the ABCs of creating in our own lives. Hi guys, I'm Claudia Miro and my business is The Inspired Brand and I've joined forces with Bradley and Neil and I'm just delighted to finally be here um, and sharing something we've been working on for several months in support of each of you sharing your gifts in the world and it really is organic this process that we've been in and so so has my career as a creator. I don't think I've ever I think I'm finally in a place where I can say, looking back, that I am a creator. But most of the time during that process, I was in an existential crisis <laughs> about what I was doing with my life and how I was, what my purpose was and why am I here? And so it's led me down some pretty amazing paths and my journey has been winding, but also I can see a constant call to creativity and to creating and to really being open to my creative process unfurling even more and more. So I initially went to school, played basketball straight out of high school and studied international business and marketing because I came from a pretty entrepreneurial background and I wanted to travel and I wanted to make money. And those were the only two things that I thought. So international and business, but I realized that there's just a lot of the money side involved in that, that I didn't really, like. it felt very inhumane uh, what I was learning in school. And so I went back eventually finished in marketing communications. So that was kind of the more creative and human, humanistic side. Um, I started my first business actually as an esthetician in the skincare world for um, a few years at 23, but got my feet wet and a good, uh, like I ended up being a, a a teacher and a trainer inside of um, uh, conferences. And that was where I really felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I want to I want to be in front of people inspiring and sharing ideas and teaching. So um, left and eventually became a marketing communications director and a coaching agency. And then I had a little bit of a, a stint doing soul work, working with children and uh, nonprofits in Peru, where I'm from. Um, so that gave me a taste of all these um, this, the importance of the power of uh, connecting people and ideas through communications, through technology, doing not rate fundraising and mission-driven work was really powerful to kind of show me the importance of having these things out in the world that tell your story. Um, and then I founded Seamero Consulting in 
when everybody lost their jobs in 2009, 2008, um, as a freelance uh, experiment, you know, I didn't even know what I would call myself. So I came up with this brilliant idea of calling myself C Miro Consulting. So it was this creative uh, experiment to be a marketing communications consultant. But as part of that, I launched Social Me Bootcamp, which was a, a social media, eight week social media deep dive when, you know, there wasn't even Instagram back then. So it was about teaching people how to market themselves through social media. I called them Wednesday webinars, these thing, these, uh, this series of interviewing other women entrepreneurs. That was basically a podcast before that was a thing. So in, um, 2004, and my business went really well. I learned a lot the hard way. In 2014, I started a co-working space because again, I wanted to be around other creative, inspiring people. I loved the concept of co-working and I hated working by myself at home. So I decided to create this co-working space that was a really fun, creative process for about six years. And then I rebranded and I've uh, basically created an agency now as the Inspired Brand with other fellow creative women around the world. Um, I've designed and built 300 plus brands and websites, and I've helped others and my clients build online courses, communities, membership spaces, blogs, social media communities, all of that. I'm also a yogi and I've had over a thousand hours of yoga teacher training. And I've also participated in hundreds of retreats in person and virtual retreats, workshops and circles. Um, and I'm currently building out my TIB template shop, which is going to have a lot of templates and resources and design inspiration for you to DIY your own brand and a podcast. So all that to say, I've been um, not busy for the last 14 years. So thank you for listening. And that's my journey. Um, yeah, I guess I will share my journey with everybody. Um, hello, everybody. I'm Neil, uh, Neil Santos. I'm so happy to be here in the group of such great creators, my favorite types of people. So thanks for coming out and hanging with us. Um, so let me see. <laughs> when I was a teenager and in junior high and all that, I thought I was going to grow up to be a comic book drawing rock star. Um, I didn't know if that was a job description uh, that was available, but I thought I'd shoot for it. But after um, after high school, um, I ended up going to art college uh, to do special effects uh, in movies down in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, apparently it was the wrong school. The one we wanted to go to Pittsburgh had the special effects department. So a bunch of us bailed. At that point, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm going to take a break. I took a big break, worked third shift for years and years. It was terrible. And eventually decided I'm, I'm going to go to Berkeley College of Music because I was always you know, into guitar and music. And I figured I have a good kind of intuitive sense of art and design, but I was having trouble understanding music and, and kind of figuring that on my own. So I went to Berkeley and had a great time there, graduated with a degree in film scoring so I can conduct orchestras and all that stuff if, uh, if, if you know, if ever comes up somehow. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, after that, uh, that's when I first started my, my journey as an entrepreneur because while I was in Berkeley, Napster came out, people stopped paying for music. So you really couldn't use that as a career. So I got out and I had to start learning business, business um, strategy and, you know, ways to market and things like that. And I opened my first guitar school after having um, a successful stint as a private teacher. And then I started creating a website for the school. And I really enjoyed that. Like when I graduated college, it blows my mind, but I didn't even have a computer. I didn't even know how to use a computer. It, it blows my mind because everything I do now is on the computer. So mm -hmm. I started making websites and 
like designing pamphlets for all sorts of things and designing websites for bands and stuff. I created a global guitar network, which was a blog um, with all different lessons on it. And I took those lessons and I repurposed them and I made a couple books out of them. Um, kind of a la Seth Godin. I don't know if you know that guy. I was uh, big into him at the time. And then uh, I went on to record two albums uh, on my own and put those out, which are pretty cool ones uh, under the name Random Song Generator. That's RSG1. And I just put one out recently called Found Art. And that's just me, all guitar and stuff like that. So uh, still trying to be the comic book rock star guy, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, at some point, my, my first son was born about 10, 11 years ago, and I needed something steadier than teaching. So I ended up getting a, a staff graphic arts job and getting back into my art um, and learning. It, it, I was interested in learning graphic design on the computer, learning video editing, learning all that stuff. So I got to do that for a couple of years there. And that was great. I had a great mentor. And then I, I closed on my house here and on a Wednesday and then Friday, I got laid off from that business. Everybody did. So I was like, ah, what am I going to do? So I figured I'd use my superpowers for good. I, I launched my own uh, internet marketing business, create websites for small businesses and things like that. Um, I did that for quite a while. And I, I did everything from business websites, e-commerce, e-learning websites, membership websites, um, anything you can basically do online. I, I dabbled in and, and tried to convince my customers, you need this because I want to learn it. So <laughs> um, then I... You know, I created the pentatonic way, which has really been my passion for the last 10 years. Um, the system I came up with on the guitar and I've been trying to find different ways to, to teach that online and sim simplify these complex sort of things. And, and, it's, and it's really opportune. Uh, it gave me the opportunity, like a launch pad to, to try out all these other different parts of business, online business, which is cool. Um, and then last summer, during, or was it the summer before the beginning of COVID, I said, I'm going to live stream every day. I'm going to live stream a lesson on YouTube. So I went down that rabbit hole and kept improving my live stream skills and watched videos on how to, you know, twitch the real people that do it for a living, how they do it. And I got pretty good at it, I think. And then, then I got burnt out and I was like, all right, that's enough. A <laughs> hundred like live streams is, is a lot of live streams, but so that is leads me up to now. And I, I, when Bradley reached out, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I want to help. I want to inspire people, empower people to, to do what I do, create a business online that fits with their lifestyle, that we can, you know, utilize what they do naturally every day as creators. It's, it's something that you do anyway. So you might as well use that to help you, you know. Uh, you know, improve your life and, and others. So um, with that in mind, I want to throw it back to you guys and kind of say, you know, take 30 seconds here, see if you can drop in your chat, like ask you three questions. The first is what kind of stuff, uh, what kind of things do you like to create? You know, here are just some ideas. Do you, do you create blogs? Do you like to edit video, audio? Do you like to record audio? Have you created courses? Do you, are you an artist? Are you a homesteader? Do you garden? You know, what, what is your passion, I guess, is, is what we're asking. So if you want to drop that in the chat, 
Love to hear it. Nice, nice. Artist sound meditations. Oh, cool. Costume characters, entertainment experiences, brand activations, and now mentor and other business owners. Cool. Epic audio stories for kids. I've heard some of them and they are epic. Nice websites, product designs, children's programs. That sounds super interesting. Ooh, blogging videos, nature meditation. Very cool. Music and sound healing, guided meditations, multimedia cards. Oh, that's interesting, huh? Very cool. So, and then I guess the second question is, this passion and these things that you create, can you think of any assets that you have right now that might be the flagship or a way to get your business started is if you could create some sort of business model around it. Do you have any assets that are available to you already? Cool, impressive heart center and meditation. Coaching skills are huge. 10 books, nice. Nice. When, and finally, like, what would be the, what skills do you have? What have, have you learned as you've created this stuff? Video editing, digital editing, soft skills, like people skills, management, you know, scheduling. These are all things that come into play when you're creating uh, online business, any business really, but you know, online business is just an extension of that. Listening is huge. I, I feel like when I was teaching guitar, that's when I really honed my listening skills. You know, they would ask one thing and I'd be like, okay. And then I, I think you're asking this, like the, it's hard to ask a question when you don't know what the question is or you know what you want for an answer. But so you have to really listen in that situation. Lifting people up, art, flowers, yoga, meditation, create an environment where people are comfortable. I think people need that so much right now, you know, working with authenticity. Cool. So, yeah, with this in mind. Um, we're going to move into the next section. Uh, so what inspires you, your passion? Um, these are all things that you can do when creating an online business. Um, you can either do live streaming or do you, do you, is your passion writing, creating audio, video, um, graphics, templates to help other businesses, uh, things like that. These are all great things. And we can get into, I want to talk briefly about 
all the types of content that you can create for your business. Um, you don't have to do all of them, but <laughs> these are just a few. So there's three main types of content, uh, little buckets that they all fall into. So you have your immediate content. That's things that you can just absorb right away. Like you see them in the moment, like logos or like, like images, graphics. Um, that would be graphics right there, like graphs, infographics, things like that for your business. And then you have linear. And these this type of art happens over time. Like it, you can't absorb it all at once. And that would be things like, like audio, either music or meditations, uh, video. It has a, a beginning and a middle and an end. And uh, even copywriting for your website. You can't read it all at one go. You have to start at the beginning and you flow through it. And it has form and, um, yeah, hopefully it has balance. And then there's a hybrid of, of both these things. And that would be maybe a trade show booth where you can see from a distance and you get this impression of the business, but then you get up close to it and you're discovering their, their data sheets and their advertisement. And now you're talking to the, the salesperson, you know, so that develops over time. Your website would be a hybrid. You, you get a first impression as you see the page and then you kind of dive deeper. You're looking at the images, you're reading the content, watching the videos. Um, even apparel would would fall into this. You see it from a distance. You you get the idea of what's going on, but maybe there's something written on the back. Maybe there's something on the sleeve. You know, maybe you get up close and you're like, "That's nice fabric. This is a good company." You know what I mean? And then finally, just presentations, slideshows like this, where you you can see each slide and absorb it, but then you watch the presentation as it as it flows through from beginning to end. So, yeah, those are the three types of content. And I'm gonna give you a few tips before my time is up um, that I have kind of, you know, sub subconsciously collected over the years, uh, creating all this stuff. You can see all the content on the, on the right-hand side. I've broken some things out like video, you have explainer videos or videos for your courses, ads that you might run, um, audio, you have music, podcasts are huge now, meditations. Uh, written copy, that's like website copy, email campaigns, that can be art, you know, course content, that's all written and that's all art. So in, in creating all of this stuff, I've, I've found five tips or five truths to creating content that are guidelines, I guess, that I try to stick to. And, you know, these are just, this is just my, my honest opinion or whatever. <laughs> so the first one, is the first one equals it takes the longest, right? And I always remind myself that of that. Like if I'm working on a maybe a new website for somebody, I'm working on the homepage and it's taking forever. Well, that's because there's a billion decisions you have to make for that one homepage. You have to decide how's how's the header gonna look? What kind of images define this brand? What are the colors? You know, like what is the the spacing? Is it gonna be tight? Is it gonna be open? You know, there's a million decisions on all of these things you know, on writing, what's the voice that I'm going to use that define my business, uh, photographs, you know, what, what message am I trying to send? But then once you get those done, the second page of the website's easier. 
the the second bit of copy you write for your business is easier. So it's really that first one where you're making all of these decisions, like that could be categorized as your brand decisions. And then after that, you have like a style guide or a guideline to move ahead with, you know? So don't worry about if the first one takes a long time, you're going to make a deadline or whatever, because the rest are just going to fall into place with all the decisions you're making right now. Uh, The second tip would be to design to reuse, right? So if you're writing something, maybe try to write in a way that you can also use bits of that in other places. Like if you're, if you have a sales letter, you could grab the description of your product and put that on your website. Or if you're taking, if you have a logo, you can create it in a file type that can be scaled large or small and not use any of it, lose any of its quality because you can put it on a pen or you can put it on a building, you know? So always think ahead, like, how can I make this so I can reuse it later? I don't have to remake it. Um, Videos, you could have a huge video like this is going to be, and then chop it up and make a bunch of different videos and then take those videos and just use the audio like we do and make podcasts. So you can like create one piece of content, can create a dozen if if you're clever about it or think ahead about it. Um, Next would be, this is huge, step away and then step back. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to like a candle store and you go in and you're smelling a candle. Oh, that smells nice. And that smells nice. What's that, apple? What's that, cinnamon? And then after a while, you're like, no, they all smell the same. I can't can't smell them. Uh, that's, That's the same with art. You know, you kind of get desensitized to it. If you're making something and you're working on it for hours and you're making these decisions and you're like, okay, I think it's done or whatever. I'm just going to send it like, or, or put it up there or put it out into the world. Wait, just wait a day then come back and look at it. And I, I can promise you there'll be one thing that you're like, oh, no, no, I got to change that. You know, like, what was I thinking? You know, you kind of get to a point where you, you can't make um, an honest decision. Like if I'm mixing audio or music, I might lose track and something ends up too loud and something's too quiet. And, and you just have to step away and then step back with the fresh like, view of it and really assess where it's at. So that's step tip number three. White space and balance is huge in art and composition, uh, but it's also huge in. Any, any sort of art, if you're writing, balance may be like, don't make all your sentences the same length. Have a short sentence and a long sentence, and then a couple medium sentences and a short sentence. So it's more rhythmic and it will keep people engaged. Or a website, make sure you know the, the sections flow and there's not too much crowding going on. Um, in photographs, your composition is huge. Uh, there's the rule of threes and stuff. You know, you can look that up where where you're framing things. So it, it, it gives a nice look. And that's, that's what's gonna give your visual art a beautiful look. And it will give your written sort of linear art a balance that feels open and not cluttered and stuff. And then finally, keep it simple. I can't stress that enough. I, I've been, I try to keep it under control now, but in my past, I've, I have been guilty of complicating things, thinking that it's going to be better, writing 
superfluous words when two or three would be great, you know, and could like fit, fit the bill, you know, um, or creating very uh, dense, detailed graphics for things that people might see for a second. You got to think my, that mentor I had mentioned earlier, the design mentor said, every piece of art is almost like a billboard. Think of it like that, where people are driving by at 75 miles an hour and they have two seconds to like see this thing. You want to make sure that they go, boom, they get the message. And it's, it, that can apply to all sorts of art and written communication online. So those are my five tips. Um, if you guys have any tips that you think I might've missed, you can drop them in the chat and I'll be checking that out, um, as we go. And I think I'm going to pass it to Bradley now. All right. So just carrying on from where Neil was around the tips for content, I'm going to elaborate on that. And this is something that Neil has been doing. This is something that Claudia does. This is, uh, something that we do a magic media all the time and have for years. And it's to make art, not content because the world honestly does not need more content for the sake of content. What the world needs is you doing the very best work you possibly can with your vision, with your skills, your talents, and the gifts that you're here to bring and teach. And so the way that I look at it, and have since my early 20s when I really started my entrepreneurial journey is I looked at, at being an entrepreneur as, as a vision quest. Like this is my path, uh, my spiritual path, a path to self-mastery. I look at it as everything that I'm putting out to the world is an extension of me. It's either creating the world that I want to be a part of or it's not creating the world. And when I was creating for the sake of creating content to fill the infinite void of Facebook, uh, it wasn't aligning with my soul, which was to do deep and meaningful, long lasting work. And this was, you know, this was something years ago when uh, we launched our first course called the Great E-Course Adventure. And we, at the time I was teaching, uh, basically teaching how to build courses. And I was about to redesign that course way back in the day. And at the time it was a PowerPoint and PDF. I wore a collared shirt and I was just like, all right, this is, we're going to go build a course. It's going to be PowerPoints and PDFs. And right before we started producing it, we're like, well, would we have purchased our product uh, if we were our customers? And the answer was hell no. We would not have paid the 500 or thousand dollars that we were planning to charge for the course. And we were like, well, that's a big problem. And so we started to just dissect our own reasoning for it. And it was like, well, one, it's pretty boring. And two, you know, I, I just, we came up with all these reasons. I were like, well, what if we could redesign what an online course is? What if we came at it from the side of being an artist instead of being an entrepreneur? And that, that was like the first time in my life where I really married the two, that my artist and entrepreneur could actually work together and that we could collaborate. And so we built this thing. I mean, if you go to our YouTube channel, The Great E-Course Adventure is up there. We created this incredible masterpiece of a course. It took us nine months to produce. Uh, we did pre-sales so that we could afford that nine month production cycle. Um, and for me, it really just changed the entire direction of my entire career. Uh, it's what led to 
to Magic Kids, what we're now doing with audio stories and illustrated books and collaborating with artists in incredible ways. All of the courses that followed the Great E-Course Adventure were inspired by this foundational piece of we're here to make art. And that is what the world needs. That's actually what the world wants. And now more than ever, I mean, it's art, it's our artistic expression, our self-expression, our authentic nature coming through our creations and what are what we're here doing. That's what makes the world a better place. It's not the formulaic PDF and blueprints that, that were sold online. It's, it's finding our own unique expression. And for us, with that course, the Great E-Course Adventure that taught you how to build courses, it was like a combination between Saturday Night Live and Indiana Jones. And we had, instead of me teaching the course, we had characters teaching the courses. And we were just your adventure guides leading you up this mountain to launch summit. And instead of badges, we had backpack supplies that you could earn as you climb the mountain. And instead of earning points, you earned a currency called the bajillion. We just, we dreamt up this entirely new world, this entirely new way of still giving you the information that you need as a creator, but we did it in an incredibly creative and authentic way for ourselves that just really revolutionized how courses could be done, how online learning could be done. And for me, I mean, that investment of nine months has led to so many other creations. And the same thing goes when we produced my meditation library, we spent about a year and a half. We recorded 48 meditation tracks, each one with custom composed music. At the time of starting that project, I was like, this has to be world-class. I want this to last for years. I'm retiring as a meditation teacher. I don't ever want to teach a meditation workshop again, but I want these teachings and these meditations to live for a long time. So we put all the energy in. We did a pro, we did pro production. We did pro music, like all custom music. There was no stock music. I collaborated with my musician buddy. And we built a piece of art that was amazing. And still to this day, it's generated hundreds of thousands of passive income. I get checks every single month. I have monthly, annual, and, and uh, quarterly checks that come in from that creation. And even still, I have new meditation apps contacting me every year to license my stuff. Why? Because we put in the effort. And that takes me to my next piece around the ABCs of creating. And this is this is another game-changing piece. If you want to be paid like a pro, then you have to create like a pro. And, you know, for me back in the olden days, before I started collaborating with other artists, I was just kind of winging it. I was just putting up whatever. I, I wasn't really concerned about editing my spelling. I wasn't concerned about the audio quality. And working with real creators, artists, media magicians like the great Blair Dini, Blair Francis, who I've collaborated with for a lot of years. Um, you know, ultimately he really instilled this work ethic in me of like, dude, you're putting in all of the effort to make these lessons, to come up with these ideas, to record this, to edit it. He's like, you might as well make it fucking awesome. If you're not, you're wasting your time and you're wasting the student's time on the other line. And I was just like, all right, what do we need to do? So we just bought better cameras. We bought better microphones. I mean, this day and age, you're all holding one of the best cameras that's ever existed on the planet right in your pocket all the time. So you buy a couple hundred dollar microphone to click into that and you've got yourself a professional recording situation. Now, if you're doing audio, you need a little bit better. But if you look behind me here, there's my studio. It's got this like $120 little space made a couple sound panels with my buddy who's a carpenter and a $200 mic. And we're creating world-class media for kids with that. 
So it doesn't have to be expensive, especially now. When I started building online products back in 2012, 2011, I mean, the tech, the platforms to build courses and upload content, the the gear for recording, I mean, it was, it's night and day. It is completely different now. You have so many more opportunities as a creator to do world-class work for less than $1,000. So it's like, we just have to not be lazy. We have to do it. Now, one of the things, and if you were here last week, then you would have saw the presentation about business without social media. Uh, One of the things social media prevents us from doing is deep and meaningful, long lasting work. You know, it is like, I have to create three posts a day worth of content. And what that does for us mentally and emotionally is it detaches us from our creative process. Instead of going deep into our own creative process, we kind of stop it. We put a kink in that hose and we put stuff up that only has a shelf life of one scroll and then it's done. And maybe if we're lucky, we'll get enough comments that it stays up for 24 hours. Now, that is not the work of an artist. It's also not the mentality that any entrepreneur should have. We need to have this idea of going deep, doing quality work that has a long shelf life. And with every course we've produced, the idea behind it straight from the get-go, when we were pre-produced and we were writing the scripts, when we're planning out the media was, how do we make sure that no matter how technology changes over the years, that this will still work. The great e-course adventure is as relevant right now as it was six years ago when we produced it. And it's still just as funny. So for that, you know, we have to get out of the black hole mentality that social media has trained us to do as a creator. There are better ways to do it. And I encourage you to carve out that spaciousness that you need so that you can do the great work that you're designed to do. That it's not this fast food approach to, oh, I got to create it. I got to put it out. Oh, I got to do it again every single day. It's just, it's insanity. It really, really is. So the next piece, and this is something I am disciplined with. I've been disciplined for years with this is you have to schedule your success and you have to show up and do the work. You need to have it blocked in your calendar what it is that you are doing and show up to that work like it's a client. You have to carve it. You have to protect it. It's like, oh, the kids need me. It's like, kids, feed yourself if that's what your time is. Unless it's an emergency, we need to have that space because it does take space. You know, the creative muse needs your attention. She's whispering to us all the time. But if we're filled with distractions, then we're not going to be able to hear our muse when she's whispering to us. So for me, you know, it is about planning and I'm a strategist in all the projects I do. I'm an executive producer. I'm a strategist. I plan the shit out so that we can have a map of where we're going. It's like, Hey, we want to go to the top of the mountain. Let's draw the map before we start taking any steps. Let's figure out what supplies we need before we embark on this journey and before we start to enroll the other people that are coming along with us. It's a really important thing that's just like you, all of you watching, listening right now, you're the visionary of your business. You're the visionary of your project. Nobody else can do that. You're the one with the dream. You're the one with the talent. And you're going to be the one that enrolls other people to collaborate and create with you. And therefore, you need to be embodied in a clear vision and plan. And that takes taking time to map it out. Behind my camera over here, I have a big whiteboard wall. Here, I'll just pivot the camera. There we go. Pivot, pivot, pivot. And uh, on that whiteboard wall, Sunday evenings, 
I take at least 30 to 60 minutes to just map out what it is that I need to do in the week. What are my priorities? Who is going to be responsible for the different tasks that we're doing? And it's sacred time for me um, to come in and just take that space. And if I don't have time Sunday for whatever reason, I come in early Monday morning, I set the alarm for 5 a.m. and I come with a cup of coffee and I just like map it out so that I know where we're going so that, you know, all of the people that are helping to carry the bags and, and come up the mountain with me, I can point them in the right direction. I know what we're going to do. And so for, for all of you, you know, you need to block off your times, make that space sacred to you, sacred to your business. So that instead of like showing up to a three hour block of time, you're like, Oh, what do I do? Oh, I'm going to go scroll the wall and, Oh, I'm going to respond to a whole bunch of people's comments on my Facebook. And then I'm going to go do something else. It's like, no, it's like, you've got three hours. What are the first 30 minutes? What are the priorities in that first 30 minutes? What are the priorities in your next 60 minutes? And then you can start to structure your life so that you know you're moving the ball forward in the way that you can and the speed that you're able to as efficiently and effectively as you possibly can because time is sacred and we have to protect it. And that's why I don't do social media because, well, it's hard to protect yourself inside of that space. So this is just an example of what my calendar might look like. Uh, you know, I've got going to the gym here. I've got Papa duty here, Papa duty, Papa duty, family time, Papa duty inside of here. All these blue pieces are my Monday meetings that I'm doing. Uh, these are working on magic media stuff. So these are creative projects that I'm blocking off specific projects. Like here, I'm working on a pitch deck here. I'm preparing for a presentation there. I'm doing an interview. I'm writing my newsletter. You know, these is okay. There's a big recording block of time. So I, I batch that here's my writing day. So for me with magic kids, Friday is my sacred writing day. I just, I have six hours of devoted time to just write stories and it's beautiful. And I've structured my life in a way that allows me to work only six to six and a half hours a day. And I encourage people like the eight to 10 to 12 to 16 hour days. I used to do those but I wasn't efficient. I wasn't effective in how I was working. And so I have it blocked off uh, in such a way that I know what I'm doing in each and every little block of my time. And, you know, take the time to start scheduling that success in because it will make a radical difference in how much shit you're able to get done on a week to week and day to day basis so that you're moving further up the mountain than when you're just showing up unstructured and unplanned. And then this is the next piece is batch your work. It saves tons of time. Actually, just if you go to our YouTube channel for Magic Media, uh, there's a video up there that we just released last week around batching your work. But if you batch your work, it's basically, you know, you do all your production in one day, you do a whole bunch of writing work in another time slot, you do um, all of your, you know, pre scheduled the next three, four weeks worth of newsletters, if you can do all of your editing work in a block of time. It, any any ways that you can batch your work and kind of not have to flop between different parts of your brain, the better. It just keeps you in a focused state. And I mean, my background is in meditation. I play professional golf. So for me, it's like, it's all about focus. It's all about like, what is my target? What is the best way to get to that target? 
And then I just heads down. Let's just focus on that. So that we have more time to play in life. You know, that is ultimately the name of the game is like designing our lifestyle and our business together so that we have way more time to enjoy, to play, to be just in that flow state, which I love, like the flow of having open space in our time. But we have to be focused when we are working. So book off large blocks of time for specific tasks. So all your writing, all your production, all your editing, et cetera. And it's just going to save you so much time. And that's going to take you going into your calendar and figuring that out. And the next piece, I mean, we all want to do world-class work. We all want to like feel like we're fulfilling our purpose energetically and, and also just like the impact in numbers, in dollars in the bank account. And in my in my opinion, the only way to do that is to go from being solo to collaborative, to have a team. And the team can also just be peers. It doesn't have to be like you're building this team around us. Like with Magic Media and Magic Kids, we I have I've built a big team. Then the team's expanding. It doesn't have to be that much. It could be one person on your team that does your website and your brand and your design, or it could, they could be your media person that's helping you to produce high quality audio and video. I mean, for me, the, the small investment in those partnerships and those relationships over the years has, I mean, I can't even, I can't even guess, but I mean, hundreds of times the amount that I've invested in those partnerships have come back to me financially. And that's just the way it is. When you work with people that are better at those other pieces, you know, you can just do such better work. It takes away a lot of stress, but you need to find those right creative collaborators because, you know, ultimately, and this is not the way that we're taught in our society where we all live in silos. We're taught to do it alone. It's just, it's not healthy. It's not the way that we're actually designed. We're designed to be like in a village. We're designed to be community minded. And so I would just say, if you're you're trying to do it solo and be your website person and be your video person, your audio person and all these things, just stop kidding yourself. Find a team. And, you know, you don't have to have a big budget to hire people. You know, you could, you know, for a few hundred dollars, you can make a couple really amazing video assets or audio assets, or you partner with people. And this is where I started is like, I had the vision, I had the plan, I knew what we wanted to build. I had, you know, three to 12 months figured out of like, this is where we're going. And here's how this thing's probably going to make money. And I enrolled people and we did a revenue share, you know, so you can do a revenue share of like, okay, let's build this course together, or let's build this audio meditation library together. Here's going to be, you know, five ways that we're going to market it once it's done. And you keep 20%, my business will keep 80% and you can have income for the next three years. You know, you can create these simple agreements that allow for you to find people that may be doing their creatives, they're brilliant, they might be struggling with money right now, they might be doing work or jobs that they absolutely hate for a corporation, and they would love an opportunity to collaborate with somebody that has a vision that aligns with their values and has a void that their gifts can be infused. And and that's the thing is like when you bring people on that are creative, that may not necessarily be doing work they align with right now, it is such a joy and a delight when you set them loose in your business to really just take everything to the next level. The satisfaction and the enjoyment that they will get from you bringing them into your project is amazing. And with Magic Kids, I mean, you know, we have 
over 30 artists we've collaborated with in the last nine months. There'll be way more in this, this coming year. And my job is not to like micromanage. It's to let the artists be what artists are and to make the arts like, okay, here's the story. Let's create this incredible audio world around it. Okay, here's the book. Let's find the illustrator. Let's work with the designers. Let's collaborate in a way that sets them all free to, to let their muse do what the muse is inspired to do. And if you can build a team of inspired individuals around you, I mean, there's no limitations to what you can achieve in your life. Let that soak in. Take a couple notes. I'm going to just uh, chill for a moment. And we're going to pass the baton to Claudia to take us to the next level here. What are the top insights? Well, Claudia is getting us teed up here. Share in the chat. What is it that you're committing to to up-level your creatorship in your life and your business? I would love to see what the thing was that was like one epiphany that came through to you loud and clear. That was amazing. Bobby. It was a good rant. Yeah, no, that was a flow. <laughs> so everybody, if you want to just like get up and shake and just kind of like move and cause that's a lot of creative energy. <laughs> Scream, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I, I love this talk so much because it's about one of the things that I feel like I've been learning my entire life, which is how to work with my creative life force energy and then how to turn it and direct it into form because that's really what we're doing as creators. And it's, um, I call this part of the work that I do with clients, um, the creative discovery. It's the first part where we just get to know each other. We get to know the vision. We get to share how we're going to come together and share our gifts in this way. And we start to give it form and shape. And it's also where people, I think, get a lot really stuck, I've noticed. So sometimes we've we've had these ideas in us for years and we haven't done anything with them, perhaps, or we've been inspired to do a piece of it, but we get stuck in these particular ways. And we're going to talk about creative process, but you know, a lot of my clients um, are either really right brain, they have way too many ideas, they're overwhelmed, they really don't know where to start or begin, and they're not really good at putting it into linear form. Um, other clients don't feel creative at all. They're really linear. They're very academic. I work with a lot of authors and coaches and teachers and therapists and people who have a lot of big, amazing intellectual content, but they don't know how to make it visual and they don't know how to make it pretty or make it connect to other people. And so a lot of what I've learned is not only how to work with my own creative energy, but how to then support others in doing and, and to really hold space for theirs and honor that their vision, that it's not mine. It's a co-creation, really, what we do when we come together. And, um, and then I will say to tee this part up that creativity is not a destination. It's not you are, you know, achieving this one thing. It's a journey. And I think it's a process of discovery and unearthing it. And so um, I like to think of it as a dance. We're co-creating with life itself. We're co-creating with each other. And you're just never going to know exactly what it's going to turn into until you get into the process and to, and to really surrender to that, that process. So anyway, with all that said, I'm going to walk you through kind of a basic way that I work with clients when I do branding or web design and where we're kind of initiating any kind of creative process. So, oops, hope, hope this works here. There we go. All right, you guys see in the next slide. 
All right. So I wanted to start with this statement because I think this is on a soul level what I've been learning, which is that you do not need to do anything to be creative. You inherently are creative. You are actually creation itself. So this is the yogi Claudia coming through to say that your job here is to learn to embody and to work with your creative energy and direct it in the ways that will most fulfill and delight you and that will contribute to the whole. And I really ultimately think that that is why we're here. And so when you think of it, a lot of us get really stuck in this creation being good enough, or our ego gets in the way of it not being good enough and or needing to be a certain way. And I think what we're all being called to do, especially this community, is to really just honor and to bring forth the thing that's been calling us to do. And so we're going to talk about how we do that and support that and sustain that. But you don't need to be creative. You are. <laughs> all right. So the discovery process for me kind of breaks down into, it, it, this is a moving target, but for now, I like to think of it first as we need to define the dream. We need to get clear about what it is you actually want to, to create. And then we're going to design the dream. So we're going to make it visual. We're going to communicate it in a way that um, can visually express and represent what it is you're, you're creating. Then we're going to share the dream. So we're going to collaborate with others. We're going to share it with the people that we're serving and, and creating it for. And so we're going to create tools, systems, and spaces to collaborate, co-create, and communicate. And then we're also going to sustain it. So once you have this amazing baby <laughs> that you're creating, you want to keep it alive <laughs> and you want to sustain it over time. And so how do we do that? So defining the dream, I thought some practical ways to ground all of this and all these concepts was to just show you a couple ways that I like to outline and define. And also I will say, as you're working on these projects, there's some things that you're going to want to DIY and do yourself. And then there's others that you're going to need to hire people to do. So as a brand professional, as a website designer, I'm going to show you things that will save you a lot of time, money, and resources and money, money. Can I say money again? <laughs> because if you hire somebody like me and you don't have a clear plan, I will charge you to get clear and to create that plan. And so the, the best thing you can do is actually create what's called a project brief. Um, and it can be really, really simple. So I personally love tools like um, Miro because it's my name and because it's something that looks like a bunch of post-its up on a wall. It's very visual, it's creative, it's very malleable. So you can use a tool like this to do um, like a brainstorming session. So Bradley's incredible at brainstorming and there's billions of ideas that fly whenever we get on these calls. And so to have a place where you can start to just, because the creative process is not always linear. That initial piece is super non-linear. And so you need to be able to let it be messy, let it be abstract and let it be random. And then it'll start to have themes and structure and go from there. So Miro is a great tool. I also love Milo Note. So again, I'm a designer, but I also love things that are linear. So this is a great way to kind of create a more structured um, Pinterest board. So Milanote has a lot of great tools. Um, you can basically create your own boards and, but it's visual as you can see, but it also has really practical information like a checklist and links to things and stuff like that. So it's like a place to kind of bring a bunch of different types of information from across the web and start to structure it up into some sort of plan. So inside of a, something like this, this is actually a digital campaign brief as an example. Some of the sections you might wanna have is like, 
what am I creating? What's this like rant? What is the big idea that I'm creating? What is the inspiration? Then like maybe some visual ideas, maybe it's just inspiration of other people's thing that looks really cool that you like initially, but eventually you'll create your own stuff as well. Then what are the goals? Like, what do I want to create? I want to create um, an extra revenue stream for my business that gives me 10 more hours a week in my, in my life and generates $50,000 more a year, whatever that is, like get really clear, as clear as you can about why you're doing what you're doing. And then you can also start to include other things. So people, my dream team, who do I want to work with on this? Um, anyway, the list goes on and on. So this is a great first step. Oh, I already outlined it. So I use a couple new tools called Coda and Notion. These are pretty common as well. This is a great platform to just start to outline things like this, but in a typical project brief, you, like I just said, idea overview, um, how does this sort of serve what it is I'm trying to do? What's the problem I'm, I'm, I'm solving and how am I going to measure success? And then what's the time and budget? These are kind of some basic outlines, but anyway, so that's kind of more on the business side. It started to get, so I'm going to get more into the creative now. So <laughs> to design the dream, this is the fun part where we start to actually see it take form. And um, the first part of this, if you can just do nothing else before you hire a web designer or a brand designer, um, create a mood board and have a lot of fun with it. Visually express your vision, your inspiration. This is like the first rule of manifesting is to be able to actually envision what it is that you want to create. And this goes for your life, for your business, for anything you're doing. And Bradley and Neil and I were joking and talking about how, I mean, I've created a lot of vision boards in my life. And I will say there was one that was on my wall for several years. And every single thing that is that was on that board actually has come true in my life if I look back on that. And the power of clarity and to actually anchor that in a visual is, is really incredible. So um, not to mention, so this is just an example of one of my vision boards that I created many years ago. Um, and it started as one thing and it turned into a million other things. So I think the reason I started it was as a brand uh, you know, inspiration. So I wanted to have um, Peru, my home country <laughs> represented. I just spent a lot of time in Peru and the Andes. So I was like, okay, what's around me that I want to bring into my brand. So if I were to show you actually these colors down here, being pretty much what my brand ended up being. And there's, it's just interesting to see different essences and aspects of this. You um, weave itself into what eventually was my, that version of my website. So it gives you a feeling. It gives you, um, you know, visual anchors, but it's just really cool. It's also just really fun. There's something that happens when you're creating a collage or word that is um, just really, and it also helps you process and get more clear about what it is that you're actually creating. Um, let's see, is there another here? This was another. Another example of just a fun, easy one that I created for five, I think we took, it was something like a speed vision board where we had to um, think about a concept. And for me, it was a women's retreat. So I wanted to run a women's retreat. And so I started with this initial, cause I could not think of exactly what I wanted to create. So I created this as like, well, what do I want them to get out of it? And so that was my 15 minute vision board for that process. All right, and then digital. I thought it'd be helpful to just see what it might look like to translate this into a digital form. So I think we all know about Pinterest, right? So <laughs> Pinterest is one of the greatest tools for any kind of visual project, really. But for me, I use it with clients, especially the ones that don't 
feel creative and they just don't know. They can't tell me because actually the best thing is when a client says, I have exact, I know exactly what I want. <laughs> it never happens, but you know, it's really fun when that happens, but when they don't, and they don't even think in terms of color or they don't think in terms of feeling, um, I have them just go on Pinterest and I give them a, a set of instructions and a video that they follow along. And I just say, pin all the things. I don't care what, just pin anything that speaks to you, that moves to you. Um, and then eventually it'll start to turn into a theme. So on the left is a Pinterest board that I'm using right now with an illustrator to create some custom icons and collages for my new website. And you can see some themes in there. You can see some colors. You can see some style of design in there. And on the right is a more structured mood board. It's a template that I created, um, which in the Creators Club, you'll have kinds of things like this that you can play with. So this is an example of a template of a mood board. It's a little more structured and it's really focused around colors. And we wanted to get some imagery and colors going for a particular brand. So you can start to see how that has these feelings of uh, calming and uh, what was the other one? Organic. Those were the two words that we wanted to convey. All right. And then next piece of the equation is now you've got kind of an idea, right? You've got your brief. You kind of know what you're creating. You have a plan. You have a design, uh, at least inspiration and anchor. And now you want to share it with people and you want to start collaborating and forming it up. So Bradley is a beautiful example as well of <laughs> what happens when you have a vision that is bigger than you. And it starts to take on a lot of really cool energy. And all of a sudden his team grew from three to what, like 18 or something in the past <laughs> year. So collaboration is essential uh, is an essential piece, I think, especially when you do start to create some things that are um, bigger than you. And so some of the systems and tools that I use to kind of keep the creativity, the productivity and the communication flowing, I just thought really quickly to just show you what some of these are. We're not going to really get in depth, but these are helpful. These are, you know, especially nowadays where we're working globally and international. I, you know, I have my, my, team is all over the world. I have people in South Africa, I have people in Portugal, I have people in uh, the Philippines, I have just a whole international team. So if we didn't have these tools, there would be no, um, there would be no way to really keep the focus and the creativity flowing. And so I use um, Coda and Notion to kind of have all my content live where we're collaborating and creating content real time. We're commenting in there. We're also using it to just organize all of our assets. So as you're creating stuff, you're going to have like things that you want to store and reference ongoing. So these are really powerful tools for that. Asana, Trello, these are all more kind of productivity and task management, but you can also collaborate in there and make sure that everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing by when. Um, Slack is a great tool so that you're not in your text, uh, you know, you're in your cell phone texting people all the time. And Canva, Google Drive, Dropbox, all those ones are, um, you guys kind of know what those are, but I think the biggest lesson that I teach clients how to do is to really treat yourself as if you were working with um, a brand designer, somebody that it's it's a project that you're really organizing your resources around it. You're having a place to go so that you know exactly um, where to go to kind of work on this particular thing. So, all right. So that's a lot of technical stuff. So I want to get into more of the embodiment. 
<laughs> because how do we sustain the dream as human beings in a human body? Uh, we take care of our bodies and we take care of our energy and we take care of our minds so that um, we can actually sustain it. And self-care to me is truly sacred. It's something that unless I take care of myself, nothing else happens. Like nothing else is going to work. <laughs> so the ways that I take care. I mean, our, our creative energy literally requires that we rest and we move and we feed it. <laughs> so the ways that I do that yoga is, is a huge one for me, but dance, just movement, shaking. I'm doing these like five minute shaking meditations in the morning. It's like changing my life. Um, but also just going out and taking a walk. If you feel overwhelmed and stuck, go into nature, go and hug a tree, go just be by the, by the water. It really does completely shift your energy. And it's for me, that's, that's where I source from is nature. So I can't not do these things, but, um, Oh, the other thing I will mention is just space. Space on my calendar is one of the biggest um, gifts that I give myself when I'm really feeling overwhelmed. And it means I'm being brutal about canceling things that are not essential. Um, I'm canceling also, I'm also like Bradley was saying, really treating that space to create as sacred and non-negotiable. So that is just not something that I'm willing to compromise because my creative life is that important for me at this at this time. And then also just time not working, <laughs> I think is really important to just balance that out and to really give yourself, you know, life is not just about work. Yes, life is about creating, but sometimes you kind of just need to do whatever you need to do. And that means spending time with family, uh, traveling, vegging out on the couch, making, you know, food with your friends, whatever that is. So, all right. And then Last but not least, I mean, we could obviously talk about this forever, as you can tell. So we're just going to try and go over some of the most essential pieces. But um, to sustain the dream, I, I would say this is kind of just what you do in general to be a creative, inspired creator. Uh, I fill my cup. At, you know, as much as I can, especially when I'm feeling a little bit uninspired, but with books, music, conscious conversation, people that light me up. So I will also add, and I didn't put it in here, but my space, and this is a brand new, I, I'm in the process of painting and doing all kinds of things in my new house, but I have stuff like this little note that just reminds me to create. Um, I have visual anchors all over the place. I have quotes, I have books that inspire me. I'm constantly pulling from, you know, stuff that is right now I'm working on um, something around resistance Bradley's going to talk about next. And so I remember this book, The War of Art, which is like, probably one of the most essential reads if you're going to be a creator of any kind. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I've got all kinds of things that I pull from. So just surround yourself with the inspiration that that um, is going to keep you not only full and inspired, but also like focused on what it is that you're creating. And I would say just in honor of this Creators Club that hanging out with people that inspire you and make you like the best version of yourself that really bring out the best version of yourself is vital and joining forces with Bradley and Neil and just in the magic media crew has like exponentially, you know, it's basically created this 
momentum in my creative life just because they're holding me to my creative potential and they're fun. <laughs> we laugh most of the time when we're creating. And that I think is vital. And I think that is, is what we're trying to create inside of the creators club is like, nobody knows all the answers, but we're going to like keep reminding you how amazing you are and, and that we're going to keep, you know, supporting your vision to be, to create out into the world. And so Oh, I think that was teeing up this one. So surround yourself with support. Uh, sustaining it means you're not going to create anything amazing on your own. And a lot of times when we start out, we're, we're scared. As solopreneurs, I was scared for years to partner because I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to structure it. I didn't know how to legally do it. I didn't know I'm not good with contracts and boundaries has been a lifelong learning. But um, but eventually I realized, you know what, the thing that I'm really being called to do is going to be, it's bigger than me and it needs partners. It needs um, collaborators. I needed a team. And so in my own business, I've grown up to a team of about six people now in the past year. And it's also, again, creating this sustaining uh, momentum in my business. So uh, yeah, it's scary, but it's necessary. And so mentors, coaches, team members, collaborators, strategic partners, people that can really complement what it is you're doing and support, you know, maybe promote you to their audience, all of those things. And I would say networks and communities. I would not be, I would not have even had a successful business if it wasn't for some of the networks and communities that I was a part of when I first started. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, that was kind of leading into this concept that Bradley will take on here and, and share more about what we're trying to do in the Creatives Club. So this is one of my favorite authors. This is the War of Art. So the professional acts in anticipation of inspiration. So treat yourself like a professional creator and you will create professional, amazing things. So. Yeah, I uh, I love that you came in with that quote. I mean, the the um, Stephen Pressfield, I mean, his book, The Legend of Bagger Vance is is my all time favorite book. And just watching some of his talks is he really gets it. You know, he really gets the creative process and uh, what it takes because it is hard. You know, it's if you're building a business, if you're you're making art, if you're creating something that you're going to be proud of, it is stressful. There are so many setbacks. There are challenges and obstacles that you're going to have to overcome again and again and again on that journey. And, you know, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail sometimes. And you can also expect that if you keep at it long enough and you're resilient and persistent, you will create great success along the way it will happen and it does happen. And I think one of the most important things that as we go, you know, fear and, and procrastination and resistance, these are, these are a part of the journey that we all have to overcome. Uh, it's, it's about not giving into that small voice inside of our heads. The ones that tells us we're too tired to do something or we're too overwhelmed or, we have all these excuses or I'm being pulled in too many directions. And it's those excuses. I mean, are we in control of our calendar? Yes or no. And if not, then we can take control of our calendar or we can readjust our expectations of our time and ourselves and what we're realistic 
uh, realistically able to do. I saw Josh post in there. He's like, it's hard. I work nine to five. And then I do this on my side. It's like, great. You work nine to five. Lucky you, you got your, your base is covered. You're making your money so that your creative expression is something that you're doing for the joy of it. And maybe in, because you have constraints on your time, maybe you need to figure out a business model that can work with those time constraints. You know, maybe you work two hours in the evenings or you only work a four hour work week instead of a five hour work week, or maybe your Saturdays are devoted to your creative projects. And if you batch your work, then you've got four entire Saturdays. One week you write, the next week you uh, do pre-production, the next week you produce, and the next week you edit and launch. And then you've got four weeks, you're creating something beautiful every single month. And if we can set our sights in a realistic nature, we can figure out a business model to wrap around the thing that we're doing. We can make great progress with the time constraints we do have. We just have to be organized in our vision, expectations, and to schedule that success. And ultimately, what it comes down to, and this has been something that I've learned through almost two decades of blazing this trail of being an entrepreneur and a creator is that we have to make creating habitual. You know, eventually we have to stop resisting. And it's kind of like going to the gym. For me, I'm in my first year. I've always exercised. I've always played sports. I've always played golf. Um, But this year I'm like, I want to hit that little golf ball 30 yards further. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I start lifting weights and going to the gym and getting a trainer. And I can't tell you how much in my first couple months of hitting the gym and lifting heavy weights, I was resisting. Like literally I wake up sweating in the night, the day before I'd be going to the gym in the morning because of it. Oh God, I don't want to do it. And that's what creating is like, you know, it's I years ago when I was very tech phobic. I just like refused to learn the tech and therefore I was doing a shitty job at creating high quality products. And uh, Andy, who I produced the great e-course adventure with, he was always giggling. He's like, you know, there's this website called Google. There's also another place called YouTube and you can learn all sorts of things there. And so we came up with a slogan for me, which was if you schedule time for tech learning time, you will learn tech in no time. And it's simple. Again, schedule time for tech learning time and you'll learn tech in no time. I had great resistance to learning the technology that was going to propel my career forward. And there are still things that I do. I do edit videos sometimes. I do edit audio sometimes. I do put together presentations. I do design work. I do all these other things that are not just creatively directing and and executive producing and coaching. And I've had to learn those things. And, you know, if it's like you're learning a new video editing software, just put one hour in your schedule and just go deep down the rabbit hole, as deep down the rabbit hole as you can in that 60 minutes and actually put it to use. And you will learn some stuff and you'll be further along. Whereas I used to just kind of skirt around it. I'd get sweaty palms. I'd make up excuses or I'd go for a walk or I'd go make myself a sandwich and just be like, I, I can't even look at it. It's too overwhelming just to think about it. But if you put it in your calendar, you show up to like an appointment, you're going to move that, that ball forward. And that's really important. And then I guess, you know, one of the pieces is people talking about not having the time. And again, it comes down to scheduling that's that success. And, you know, if it was a client and that client was paying you money, then you would show up and we need to show up to our dreams in the exact same fashion. We have to show up and just do the work. And yes, the resistance is going to come and the fear is going to happen. And we're going to want to procrastinate, but we can't. 
And one of my, my old sayings was like, when I felt like I was procrastinating, I'd be in my office and I'd be pacing around and doing everything, but I got to get the perfect playlist and, Oh, I need to get my drink all set up here. And it's like, it is kind of like, I feel like sometimes that procrastination is healthy because it's allowing for the brain to percolate. It's like a lion circling the prey. The lion's going to circle and circle and it waits for that moment to strike. But if we're not striking, then we're not going to get the prey. So we do have to strike. And it's okay for there to be a little bit of procrastination to like pump ourselves up before we do the thing. And the last piece around fear and procrastination, obviously, you know, social media is a very harsh place. I'm not on it. I don't post, but you know, it is a harsh place and you're going to get criticized. And I think one of the things that we have to do is just like, that's okay. That's, that's other people's opinions of you and it doesn't have to be true. And it's okay for, you know, if you're just making your first videos now, you know, study videos that you like, so you know what you want to create and the quality that you want to do, but it's okay if it sucks the first time. You know, if I go back and I find YouTube videos that I was doing 10 years ago, they suck. The audio was bad. I didn't know lighting. I didn't know anything. And, but because I've created hundreds of videos since, created hundreds of audios since, you know, every single time I'm just trying to get better and make a list of like, I write on a piece of paper. How does it get better next time? What could we have done different? How could we have prepared better so that the actual shoot would have been better? You know, over time, it just gets better. It's about practicing. And to go from good to great, we got to practice every day. That's that's a quote from one of our kids' stories, The Master's Apprentice. And it's the truth. You know, we just have to put ourselves in the position to play the game and to show up again and again and again. And it's not about where you're going to be in six months from now. It's where you're going to be in 10 years from now. Let's just say you've been thinking about starting a podcast. Well, damn it, start a podcast this week. Get on anchor.fm, set up your podcast. It'll take you an hour and start recording all the time. Where would you be in 10 years from now? You know, I'm sure Joe Rogan never imagined 10 years ago when he was starting the Joe Rogan experience for his podcast that we, he would have the biggest show on the internet. There's no way. And, you know, he just innocently went about doing something he was curious about and interested in. And he just stuck with it over time. And I think that's the important thing is like, stick with the thing that you love to do. Don't let the self-conscious nature inside of you deter you from continuing when you're only getting three likes or when your YouTube views are less than a hundred or when, you know, you're not making the money with it right away. It will come in time if you continue to learn and to grow. And this is a piece of marrying the artist and the entrepreneur that I was talking about earlier. We need to marry those two. They need to be in union. We can't just be a business person. Otherwise, we become slick Rick and we just try to make money for the sake of money. And we can't just be the starving artist. That's been overdone. You can't be the starving yogi. You can't be the starving meditation teacher. We need to be the meditation teacher or the artist and the entrepreneur, the one who has a business model, the one who has a clear plan and a vision, the one who understands the steps that you need to take on a weekly and monthly basis to move the ball forward towards that goal, which is to make money. And it's okay to want to make money doing the thing that you're designed to do. It's an important part of the world we currently live in. We're not trading chickens for goats. We're trading money 
for time and energy and creativity. And we have to figure out a business model that works for us. We have courses inside the, the Creators Club on how to build your business plan, on how to figure out your marketing strategy, how to launch and pre-sell the thing that you're currently building. And all of these things are equally as important as you making art, making the things that you're trying to do, whether it's an audio library, online courses, coaching programs, a webinar series, all those things, all the things that you're trying to do. We have to have the mindset of an entrepreneur and the heart of the artist. And I think that's what we're doing at the Creators Club. It's, it's not just about business. It's not just about creating assets and products. It's like, how do we live in alignment? How do we keep our health elevated? How do we do the thing that we're really inspired to do? And from that state of being, from that place in our heart, we can do our best work. We can align with our audience. And ultimately, we can, we can move things forward so that we're building the business that we absolutely love and we're living a lifestyle that we absolutely love. And that's, that's the name of the game. That's all we're trying to do. And so if you love this, if Claudia and Neil and I have said some things that resonate, then check out the Creators Club site, magicmedia.com slash creators dash club. And just for fun, apply. There's 10 great questions. 10 questions that will get you thinking about your future in a different way. It costs you nothing to apply. You'll get to have a conversation with us about your business and your future. And if you don't want to join the club at the end of that, that's totally fine. But the 10 questions that you're going to answer when you apply are going to, at the very least, take what we've been talking about today to the next level of that conversation to imagine a different future than the one that you're probably thinking right now, because you're going to be imagining it from a space of the creator the artist and the entrepreneur married together, building a beautiful future, building a bank account that actually works to support your lifestyle that you're trying to do. And that's the name of the game for us. That's the joy for us. And, you know, for each of us, like the Creators Club isn't our only thing. This is the place where we're coming together as creators. And that is what the hub is meant to be. It's meant to be a beehive where we can all come in, get our honey, and then go out into the world and pollinate. So I hope that resonates. We have time right now. And we can uh, do some Q&A. So we've covered a lot of ground. That was the plan today. Is like, inspire the shit out of you. Talk about the framework for how you become an empowered creator and talk about the tools. So if you have any questions for Claudia, Neil, or myself on any of the pieces that we've talked about or how it relates to you, or if you want to talk about you know, where you're blocked, like what Josh was saying earlier about working the nine to five, we can, we can talk about those things. We have... Uh, 30 minutes that we can pass. So let us know. You can raise your hand and uh, we can bring you on screen or you can uh, just type your questions into the chat. Nice. Joe says, thank you for the time and insight. My brain and vision have definitely expanded. Excellent. That's what's the plan. Expansion and transformation is the name of the game here. Who wants to ask a question, comment, share something you're struggling with on your own creative pursuits? And uh, well, while we're doing that, I'll just share, share a story. So, you know, last year uh, I made the decision because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to publish, I wanted to publish this book. One day I was just like, I'm going to write a story. I was with my men's group and we did for one of our things, we, every Tuesday we get together and we do a different adventure every week. And so the one night we're like, we're going to get together and we're going to write a kid's story. 
everybody's going to work on a kid's story. So I wrote this book, Master's Apprentice in an Evening with my group of buddies. And the next day I was like, shit, well, I want that to exist. And I know publishing, it takes, you know, two to three years to get take a book from here's the manuscript to seeing it on a shelf in a store. I was like, I don't want to wait two years. I want to see this up in like nine months. And so I got my assistant to research. She did all the research. She's like, this is going to be really hard. I said, that's not good enough. Uh, so I hired my other buddy who was in self-publishing for five years. And he did a bunch of research and came back and anyway, skip forward six months of researching and spinning the wheels and thinking things through. And uh, I hired a publishing manager. I put together a business plan. I raised $111,000 in investment capital. And I wrote six more stories. I found uh, two more authors to contribute seven more stories. I hired a team of 10 illustrators. Uh, I hired three musicians, two producers, and we've produced 16 audio stories ranging from four to 90 minutes long. They're like movies for the ears. So our 90 minute one is 15 voice actors. They're, uh, it's custom scored music and sound effects the whole way through. Uh, we're raising another $250,000 right now. And I've built a marketing team. I've built like all of these pieces in nine months, just because I was like, oh, I wrote a poem that's actually a nice kid's story. And like, hey, let's like go write a book. And I can't tell you like the, the commitment of like, okay, we're doing this. Let's just do this. And I didn't know how to publish a book. I haven't, uh, I have no experience in publishing products since my t-shirt company failed in 2006. So this is like, I've been doing digital ever since then. And we have passed through so many hurdles and I've had to learn to like, you know, be a creative writer, but also be a CEO of 18 people on my team. I mean, we have, including our voice actors, over 30 people in the last nine months have joined Magic Kids. And we're doing kids meditations. We're doing audio stories, illustrated books. Every book we launch has an activity book for, um, for extracurricular activities and homeschooling activities. And it's just like, it's applying everything that we've done at Magic Media with creators and entrepreneurs. But now it's like, let's do this for kids. And it's been a hell of a journey. And I can't tell you the amount of uh, stress that it's been. It's been this like tension of like extreme creative joy and bliss and like doing exactly what I've trained myself to do for the last 17 years with like, holy shit, what the hell are we doing? How do we figure this out? How do we build a store? How do we do massive distribution? How do we publish? How do we do all these things? It's just like the way that we've gotten through it and how we've accelerated that, you know, I hired my first person and, and received our investment money last June. We launched our first seven stories in December. We're now launching a new book and story every two weeks and new meditations on the opposite two weeks and how we've gotten to that. One, mentorship. My team are my mentors. So I have somebody that's built systems for massive distribution. I hired them. I hired a publishing manager that's published over 200 self-published books. We hired a publisher out of Calgary after our first fail with the publisher we were going to go with that we had no relationship with. We hired a real publisher that's been doing it for 30 years. Like it's just all of these pieces are like, I'm just hiring people that are better and smarter and have more experience in the thing that we're trying to do. And it's been like rocket fuel. 
And I have no doubt within a month from now, we're going to have $250,000 sitting in the bank account that publishes our next 20 stories and books and gives us about $125,000 of investment or marketing money for the next six months to be rocket fuel to propel this thing forward. And the reason I'm sharing this story is none of this wouldn't have ha- none of this would have happened without collaboration. None of this would have happened without mentorship, without asking the right questions, without being bold enough to be like, well, fuck this, this might totally fail. This, this might end up really bad. I might owe a lot of people a lot of money, but it was like the, the inspiration and the creative drive and the feeling that I got from this idea of producing new stories for kids that are empowering and activating and funny. It was just like, we, we at least got to try. We have all the skills. We know how to write stories. We can produce world-class media. We can design really cool things. I can enroll artists. And one of the cool things about the, the model is we're the first ever fair trade publishing. So this was a a term that we coined and have registered that fair trade publishing is we're, we're paying our artists three times more than traditional publishing. So we're paying 50% of all of our book revenue goes to the authors and illustrators. And so, you know, there's no, there's no roadmap. We can make it up. You know, most of the business models that we've tried at magic media for membership models, for collaboration models, even like our um, the business the the investment model that we went with is a revenue based investment. They don't own shares in Magic Media or Magic Kids. We just give them a percentage of our sales, five percent of our sales, until the uh, um, until they double their investment back. That was something I made up. That was the first revenue share investment in Canada ever. The states is starting to do that, but in Canada it was the first one. So. You know, we can make it up. We don't have to do business as usual. We don't have to listen to other business incubators. We can just make it up. We can pave a new way. And it's kind of like, how much do you want your vision to be real in reality? And what are you willing to do for it? And if it's an important enough vision to you, and it feels like something that's going to contribute to the world, then gosh, darn it, you should be doing it and you should devote your life to that thing and also live your greatest lifestyle. You know, for me, professional golf was the reason I dropped out of college. It's the reason I started my first business. My goal was to sponsor myself to go pro. And here I am 17 years later and like, I'm doing that. That is the thing. And so like, I've integrated that into my life. I get up at 5 a.m. so I can go play golf and get home before my my family wakes up and starts their day in the morning. And yes, I've gone through chapters where I'm sleep deprived, but it's it's been well worth it. And so, you know, as creators, what are you here to create? What is the the digital legacy? <laughs> or maybe not digital, you know, maybe you're listening to the presentation. Like, well, shit, I actually don't want to teach on the internet. I'm, I'm personally getting further and further away from like, I actually just want to grow some food and eat some vegetables from my garden. But it seems like, um, human consciousness is connected on the internet. And so we should probably be on the internet. There's important work to do there. Uh, and yeah. Okay. I'm going to bring, uh, Michelle on, ask a question. Come on down. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for putting this together. 
It's really your energy is very contagious, very high, very the three of you. It's lovely. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm I'm sitting here this afternoon. There's a part of me that's like super excited. And then there's the other part, like that's the fear and procrastination, you know, and like coming up with these things like my little hurdles that we all have. You know, I had just a little bit of background. I was living in California and um, the 2020 fires were just too insane. And so I sold my house and I moved back to Vermont and I'm currently in my childhood home, which, you know, my 90, it's my mother's home and she's here several months out of the year, but it's loaded with her things. I'm a very creative person at my own home. I had my creativity room. You know, so all my stuff was in there and I could just go in there whenever I wanted. I don't have like that spaciousness now, but I do have this room that I'm in right now that can function in multiple ways. Um, Bradley, I think you and I have like had a little conversation about like all the technology that I, I have, but I don't know how to use it. And I'm very smart. I'm a, I'm a biologist by training, um, have, you know, have done the linear thinking, but as a creative person, I'm, I'm more circular and I really work better in collaboration. Like if somebody shows me, this is how you use that equipment. And this is because what I love to play music, I should be recording everything that I play because I just pick things up randomly or I start singing randomly or I, I get these little ditties in my head and I don't record them. And then sometimes then they sometimes they just disappear and what I would love to be spending time on is like mixing music so that I can do I can do meditations, put my own music behind it, or I, I cook a lot. I love to cook. I love to garden. I, I love permaculture and all of that stuff. And I have these dreams of sharing my knowledge, you know, on a membership site that has different rooms for different people's interests, because I'm. I, I, I'm interested in a lot of stuff like you all, you know? And so it's like, I just need to get to the space where I can put it out there and let other people share it. And my idea is to do it through a membership and build a community. And so I really like this. Amazing. So to me, it sounds like for you, you need it set up to be plug and play. Like similar to here, it's like, all this stuff's just plugged in. I go over there to the monitor. I press record. I do the thing. And then it goes in there. And it's just like, it's set up. It's very simple. Now, I didn't set this up. Blair set it up for me. So, you know, again, it comes to the, the collaborative sort of thing. Is like, there must be media creators. You must have a classified section. You must be able to make posters in your town that you're living in and hang them up saying magician looking for somebody to help me set up my studio here you know my budget's 200 bucks will you come to my house and help me set this yeah. this place up so it's really interesting because i last year i had i had done that we have this thing here called the front porch forum and um you know i i i did i found this woman who said that she's a website builder and i already have a website that's almost done and gave her a all the information that she needed and she was interactive for about two weeks and then disappeared. And then this other person, you know, said, yes, he would come over to help me do 
put my stuff together, my equipment, made the appointment. He never showed up. So then I just I kind of was like, well, maybe this isn't the place for it to happen. You know, I don't know. I just got a little discouraged and it's time to get back up on the horse. Just not the right fit. You're looking for some soul family to make some magic with. So exactly. those people, there's there's probably people within a five block radius or five mile radius of you that are like, they'll be I'm in Burlington, Vermont. It's like a super creative place. So one of the things, one of the things that I did, it's kind of like the mood board idea. Um, our last house that we lived in, we had a thousand square foot oceanfront studio. And before we we set it up, we created a mood board, a vision board of like all the types of furniture we wanted in the space. And then we literally went in and we measured everything. We like, we taped the floor with where everything was like, here's the desk. Oh, here's our tech booth. Oh, we're going to have a couch here. We're going to have like the whiteboard wall here. And we just taped everything up. And then we just slowly put all the pieces into place. So, you know, if you could just like give yourself a blank canvas for the room that you're in, reimagine it in its full fruition, tape the floors up, imagine where it's all going and then find the person. So that when they come there, we're like, this is my vision. I want the thing here. And just like get people to come help you. And I think that's, you know, this is your first creative obstacle to overcome. You have this expensive gear sitting there. It's collecting dust. It's not providing any value in the world. You need to be as determined as anybody to go find the people that can just help you get it set up. And option two, option two though, is you either like, post on the classifieds, ask around, post on social media, hang up posters, all those things. Uh, option two is you schedule your, your tech learning time. And you literally just look at all the gear you have and you book it in your calendar that you're going to spend three hours a day focused on the tech learning. And within a week, if you did that three hours a day in a week, Neil, how far would she get? With three hours a day of learning all the different microphones and the mixing boards and the editing software. I mean, how far do you get in 15 hours of just deep diving that? I think you'd be all set, you know, (laughs) figure out the software. How do you start a new project and then start going from there? And and you don't have to you don't have to binge it all at once. You just get as far as you can. You're, You're starting to create something and you hit a roadblock. Then you look that up there. How do I do this in this software? And then they go, okay, just do this. Press this button and that. Oh, okay. Then you continue and then you hit another roadblock and you learn another little thing. You know what I mean? You don't, I wouldn't sit there and learn 15 hours of stuff and then jump in and do it. I'd, I'd create a project for yourself to create and then start learning it as you hit those little roadblocks. Cause you don't know what you don't know. And if you watch it all, You'll forget it all before you get to use it. So that's just how I am. And then another tip, I, I'm the same way. I'm always making up little riffs, little beats, uh, guitars everywhere. Just capture all that magic on your phone. I have about a billion little videos of me playing guitar and riffs, bass lines and stuff. And then when it's time to really be able to sit down and do it, and you have the time and your computer's all set up, then you're like, all right, so what was I, you know, what were some of those little sketches, you know, audio sketches that I had? Another little yeah, thing. That's a good idea. The phone, the, this is one of my, see, like, where is my phone right now? I don't know. It's somewhere it's turned. Oh, I know. I know where it is. It, Cause I turned it off. Cause I didn't want it to be like beeping while. Okay. I know where it is, but that's a good idea to keep the phone there. 
I just, like I, I wanted to add one quick thing, Michelle, because you spoke to a couple pieces that have been critical. And um, so I, I lived in, in Peru and in, in the Andes for uh, in between starting my business and starting the next version of my business. But I lived in a backpack, you know, for uh, a little bit. And when I came back, I had to I had no physical space to create or I thought I didn't. So it started with a table at my aunt's house where I was staying and then it expanded into the coffee shop. And then it expanded. And I just remember having this visual of like, wow, my creativity needs a little more space and now it needs it. But sometimes it needs to sort of be simplified and contracted. But also there's the fact that life is not linear, you know, and you have uh, bumps in the road, you have journeys and different chapters and seasons that come up. But the part of the challenge, I think that we're all like really learning is how to focus and refocus our creative energy and intention and really ground into the fact, like if this is as important to you as what it sounds like, this is your, this is why you're here. Right. And so that's so important that you're going to give it the love and support and, and community and, and container that it deserves to really make it out into the world. And that space, that sacred space that you're going to create for it is going to shift and mold and change over time. Um, but just even if that is a little ember that's burning right now in, in whatever space you're in, let it be that for now, but know that like you're going to give it more life and more air and um, I'm just excited to see what other things. I mean, for me, like I said, with Bradley, I felt like I had all these latent intentions and ideas to create for my own business, but I had been directing my energy to basically support other people's content and other people's creative vision for 14 years. And we live in a reality where, like he said, you know, we're trading money for creative energy for life force and for our time. So for me, it was like, I had gotten kind of a little bit stuck and a little bit lazy around exchanging all of my creative energy for other people's money and time and vision. And so, yeah, you have to claim it for yourself. I feel like the life is constantly asking us to claim what it is that we want to be doing with our energy and who we are and what we're here to do. So just another invitation to do that for yourself, I think. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fun. I'm excited to see what you make once you get that all set up. And I think, you know, what Neil said is just like capturing it, you know, capture as you can, you know, you got your phone, you can start capturing it and just get into the habit of capturing, you know, making it habitual that you're ABC always be creating. You're just making the habit of creating and you can start sharing that. If you are on social media, you can start sharing it as it is great. You're not on social media. Then you can start creating in other ways. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to do it. And if you're wanting to create meditation assets, um, I mean, licensing is massive. There's so many meditation platforms that are looking for guided audio and they're looking for meditation music. If you're producing both of those, then you've got two different avenues for receiving money. And there's dozens of those types of sites that exist. You know, even if you get eight of those that are sending you checks every month, quarter, or year, you can support yourself as a creator to make meditations and meditation music. It's a beautiful thing. You know, you don't have to uh, develop your own audience. You don't have to build an email list. You don't have to build your own social media following. Like there are other ways to get the results that we're looking for and to serve the audiences that we want and to just be a creator, which is the greatest joy. As Claudia said earlier, we're here 
to be creators. We're here to create. We're here to make the more the world more beautiful and magical by expressing these gifts that we have, by sharing our stories, by allowing for our wisdom to flow through us, because we've all lived lives. You know, we all have backstories. We all have this trail that we've been blazing. And uh, that is going to be a gift to others when we open ourselves up to share it. Thank you. Do we have any other, we got 10 minutes. Anybody else want to rift on something? Anybody questions? Anybody want to just reflect on what uh, insights or epiphanies have come? Yeah. Come on down, Portia. Yes. I just want to say that um, uh, you guys coming into, I don't know, whatever. Um, I came through you guys through the meditation training. So I finished that up. And everything has just been aligning in my life so perfectly. And I have been one of those people who has been resistant to social media for years. Like ever since I started doing yoga for since 2016, it's like I started like posting videos of like whatever yoga poses and things like that, because people like to people know me as a fitness girl. I've just been doing fitness my whole life. And so people just like to see that I live a healthy lifestyle, whatever people love it. And they, they want to see it. Right. But I, I just, it never felt right. So I would create pages and, and post these videos and I'm never satisfied. So I'll just delete that whole page, all the people. And then people just be wondering what I'm doing all the time. And so, so I just got back on like literally, I think, uh, February or I did this push up challenge and I was like, you know what? I don't care about social media so much so that I'm just going to post my push-ups every day. I'm not going to tag anything because I don't care that much, but people want to see stuff so they can see me doing fitness stuff if they want to. And, and because I, and I realized that it's because it's, it, there's no purpose unless I'm, I have to be giving something meaningful. And, and I've been on this journey of holistic health. Like I'm in the cannabis industry. Um, and so that is my financial place where I make all my money. And then I do this fitness, teaching fitness and holistic health for fun because I love it and I have to do it. It's my, it's my purpose. Um, so I have that money making aspect and then I have the love aspect and just all these pieces are just falling into place of finding that meditation training and finding you guys And knowing that I knew in my heart that social media was not the thing for me. And to see that you guys have created this space that I'm just like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I'm just so grateful and so thankful that you all have been doing what you've done. And I am wildly creative. I have created already like 12 streams of income for myself last year. It's just, I just have to have the time to do all the creative things. It's, it's just time for me because I'm always in trainings. It's like I said this year, no more trainings. I'm actually going to start putting, um, I don't know, getting back some money that I've, that I've invested in all my trainings. And then your training came up and I'm just like, well, here I go again. I'm in some more trainings. So it just never ends. And I'm like, at this point, I think I'm going to be in trainings my whole life. So I'm just going to have to start creating while I'm in trainings. Well, the good thing about this club is applying everything that you've learned and giving it the vehicle to, to, you know, we're here to 
support you to create that this is less about like going through the trains like here's the next thing you need to learn to do the next thing you're intended to do so that you can go do the thing right away and then from that like let's let's dissect the lessons that you've learned from creating that thing so i mean you're already essentially embodied in the abcs you're doing it you're living it now it's like let's explore what the right vehicle for you to turn that into a business so that your life's passion and purpose can be the main vehicle in which you earn a living from and yeah it's it's entirely possible and it's wonderful and lauren and camille i mean they're the sweetest humans i think i've ever met they're the best yeah the training was awesome well it's such a delight. I'm so excited to have you. I feel like you said so many things that resonated so much. And um, yeah, I think training is amazing. You're always going to be learning. ABL, always be learning. But also at some point you have to share and you have to give it back and you have to, you know, really serve others with that, with that wisdom. And so that's where sometimes it can feel like, well, how do you balance that? You go into action, you go into really focused, creative action. And that's, I think the club is really more of that. It's like an action incubator support, you know, community for you to really do something with all the things that you have been inspired to create. So, um, but also the last piece, I mean, I've been a branding and web designer communications professional that has really had an existential crisis around social media for years. And I've really struggled with it personally. I've struggled with it professionally, but it is ultimately a communications platform. So you can communicate your gifts and share your gifts in so many other ways. And I would say if you had to invest in one way, pick email or a membership community. Like there's a million ways where you can funnel and direct and share what it is you have to offer that isn't social media. That's just the way that the, you know, the modern world has kind of like hooked onto and just kind of gotten lazy, to be honest, with communications because of it. Um, But fundamentally, if you want to do it without social media, there are a million ways to do that. And that's kind of what we're exploring in this community. So... I could see a membership model working wonderfully for you so that you can build a a community of people that are passionate like you around how you're naturally wanting to live. You know, I could see it being both an in-person club in your local uh, city or town where you live, as well as like an online platform where you can just share the inspiration, do the push-up challenge in your own community, do other challenges, do a smoothie challenge, like all these things that the ways that you're living have a hub for the people that want to be like living in alignment and, and, and just enjoying the ways that you teach and show up that they, you have a space that you can do that. You can monetize it and you can be creating and and building a club, you know, similar to what we're doing, but for your own thing. Thank you all. I'll be, uh, I'll be joining. No worries. I'll be here. Yay. We have a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> if it's not fun, why are we doing it, really? You know, there has to be delicious slices of fun incorporated into it because that helps to balance the inevitable stress that comes from living in our modern world that we were born into here and we are a part of. And it's, uh, yeah, it's the best of all worlds. Well, we have uh, three more minutes. Are there any more shares? Anybody else want to uh, chime in? Uh, just to say thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, really inspiring to hear your story, your journey. 
um, uh, my wife and I were in Uganda in Africa the last two and a half years. And um, although it's very different um, context, people are embracing you know, digital tools there already have collaboration that's really a big part of the culture has been and and um but just seeing how to reach a lot of youth and i think uh, that last comment really nailed it when you're living a certain way you're sharing certain values or way of of life uh so it's it then it's beyond you it's like there's a there's a greater cause right that you're you're a part of and I think um, this workshop, it's given me some good, you know, encouragement. And, and that's often what we need is that encouragement um, to go for it and, you know, uh, make mistakes, keep going. Um, and I, you know, I think especially with the younger generations, you know, they're just thirsting for meaningful uh, content, like art, like not, you know, fake stuff. And so thank you again. Alan, it's so good to, so Alan and I met, man, it, it must've been 12 or more years yeah. ago when I was teaching meditation, he came to some of my workshops in Victoria, BC. So it's, it's great to see you on the call, Alan. So cool. And I'll just say, Alan, thank you for saying that. Cause we don't, we, we talk about digital content, right? Cause that's like what a lot of the people that are in this community are creating, we're creating, but it creation is everything. It could be a school. <laughs> it could be an after-school program for kids. It can be, it's whatever your heart is really calling you to put out into the world and to share and to serve with. And so I think what we're trying to do is give you models and tools and support and inspiration and ideas of like how you can take whatever it is you're wanting to do and make it real and make it sustainable. And so I think that's the exciting part is, yeah, don't keep in mind, it's not just digital content. It'll give you a way to think of things creatively and to make them come to life. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, on that note, I think this is a wonderful Point to end, everybody, thank you so much for being here, uh, for taking the time out of your life to come learn the ABCs of creating. Uh, if you have any afterthoughts, let us know. Uh, try the application process, just to, even as a creative dreaming into your future with your business and your offerings in the world. And we'll see you next week for our Get Shit Done work party. So what that's going to be is we're going to spend, I think it's two hours together where you're going to bring a creative project. Your creative project might be writing a story. It might be editing a video. It might be learning some tech that you've been putting off. Uh, it could be working on a website. It could be working on a newsletter opt-in series. Whatever it is, you're going to come. We're going to have a focused party where everybody's just getting shit done. And at the end of it, we get to celebrate all the wonderful things we managed to accomplish in two hours. So we're looking forward to that. And this will be a regular offering inside the Creators Club. I think we, we're doing it three times a month inside of the club where we'll just have these regular work parties where everybody can show up, get a whole bunch of stuff done and leave feeling really good about themselves. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Nice doing business with you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>